you have to have the technical aspect. You have to know what you're shooting in that. But you also have to be someone fun to be around. You know, people will work with anyone once. You'll you'll hire someone who's a good photographer once for sure. But if that person is not fun to be around, if they're a jerk, if they're late, if they're rude, if their level of Japanese is not such a way that they can communicate properly, quickly, and concisely with everyone in the crew, then you're not, you'll get the chance, sure, and you might do fine. But getting that second chance or third chance or being able to work with a company for 12 years,、uh, it can be quite difficult. Welcome back to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Today, our guest is action sports photographer Jason Haleko. Jason Haleko has lived in Japan for over 15 years and as a professional photographer for almost 10 years. Over this time, he has been deeply involved in a wide variety of action sports such as FMX, BMX Street and Flatland, snowboarding, breakdancing, just to name a few. His mission is to spread the beauty of action sports throughout Japan and the world through photography. Jason has worked with top sports and lifestyle brands such as Red Bull, G Shock, Nikon, Oakley, Sony, Fujifilm, and the list goes on. He has also been on many TV appearances. Jason writes a series of photographer's notes with Japan Forward, and in 2020, six of his articles were in the top 25 most read by our readers. Today, we welcome Jason Haleko to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Jason. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. So, what do you think about having your six articles last year that you wrote in the top 25 in 2020? Yeah, that's pretty cool.、Um, I never really considered myself a writer.、Uh, I was not. Not very good at English in junior high school and, and high school, and that. So to be considered a, a writer is interesting. And to have six of my articles to be actually popular and people enjoy them enough that they're in the top 25 is pretty cool. I think that's a good motivation for me to keep writing. So thanks. I think it's also a testament to that people are just, you know, they're learning something and you have an audience that are engaged to find about, find out. What you're doing and what you're up to, and who you're shooting, and stuff like that, and where you've been. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm lucky in that I have been able to do quite unique things here in Japan with my time here,、um, with my skills and that. So, as much as I can give that knowledge on to other people and encourage them to you know, follow their dreams,、uh, you know, it can be difficult to、uh, do new things here in Japan, but it's not impossible. You just have to go for it. Jason, you first started publishing with Japan Forward in 2018. You did the Autumn Golden Ginkgo Avenue BMX photo session with your friend and internationally known flatland BMX rider, Tsutomu Kitayama. And since then, you've published 21 articles with Japan Ford, ranging from event coverage, behind the scenes, camera reviews, and out in the wild street photography photo sessions. At the end of 2020, you penned Expect Innovations in the Photography Industry in 2020. 2021, and you gave some of your thoughts on the changes in industry and what to look forward to.、Uh, you pointed out that Made in Japan may not be written on Nikon products going forward due to their relocation. So I'd like to ask you what is it about、uh, Made in Japan that's so special to consumers or, who, or people who love cameras, technology, and gadgets? So, since I've been in photography,、uh, Japan has been where the major Camera companies have come from. We have Nikon, Canon, Sony, Fujifilm, you know, all the big players in photography are from Japan. And you know, you basically you know what you're getting when something says made in Japan. You know, like my Nikon camera that was built here, I've, I've used for maybe 
five years now. I have like 60,000 photos taken with it. And other than cosmetically, uh, it's not looking very good, but it's a great camera. It still works awesome. I haven't had any problems with it. Um, so, you know, when you're, when it says made in Japan, I think there's just, there's a, a positive assumption that you're getting high quality equipment, well-made, well-cared for. Um, and, you know, my, I myself worked in a, not a camera factory, but in a factory here in Japan for several years, a chain factory. And I've been on the floor and I've seen the people working and you see like the uh, meticulous detail for every little aspect of what they're doing. And I'm, I assume the factories for, you know, Nikon and Fujifilm and that and Canon, they're all doing the same thing. Um, I've seen actually Fujifilm's factory and it's immaculate beautiful and people have real pride in their work. You know, uh, I think that's another big thing you get with made in Japan is the Japanese workers do have great pride in what they're making. They're doing a good job and they're getting, they're getting what they need to live off of it. You know, it's, it's the, they're, they're considered professionals. Uh, shokunin is a good word in Japanese. You know, they're professional people making professional products. So, you know, what you're getting, it's unfortunate that Nikon's had to change their factory and uh, change it out of Japan. but it's if it's keep it in Japan and the whole brand goes away or, you know, do what they have to do, then I'm all for it. And I'm sure the, the quality will still stay there. It's just, uh, you know, the made, the made in Japan might not be on the lenses and cameras anymore, but I'm sure they'll still be great products. Oh, which is right. Uh, Nikon or Nikon? Cause you know, I hear, uh, from the American people that, you know, they call it Nikon, but you, you say that Nikon, which is right. Well, you know, we're in Japan, uh, when in Rome do the Romans do. And if you read it is like a Japanese word, it's Nikon. And I've always, I think I've always called it Nikon. Um, but in, yeah, like you say, North America and Europe, it's Nikon. So you get that hard, <laughs> different pronunciation there, um, which I actually have to really force that out to do it. For me, it's Nikon. And it's, it's nothing else. <laughs> There's no tomatoes or tomatoes with this one. It's just, it's Nikon. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. So I understand that you've been living in Japan for more than 15 years um, and you're now a professional photographer. Um, how did you initially get into being a photographer in Japan? Because obviously that's not what you initially were doing, right? No, I initially, very first time I came over as a student. <laughs> and um, actually that, when I was a student, I worked at a ski resort in Japan, uh, Apui Kogen. And at Appy, I met a freestyle uh, motocross rider, a FMX rider named Suzuki Dice. And one day he invited me to an event they were doing in Odaiba. And I went and, you know, I've been doing photography since I was about 15 in Canada and that. Uh, so I, you know, I took photos. I loved it, um, but nothing really professional. Um, but when I went to the event, I took photos and uh, my friend Dice introduced me to the editor of Transworld Motocross Japan at the time. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, if you happen to get something good, I doubt it will happen. But if you happen to get something good, then, you know, send it my way and maybe I'll print it. I'm like, OK, sure, whatever. No pressure. Um, but he did print my photos from that. And so I kept going to the events. And, you know, uh, a couple of years later, they were doing Red Bull was doing a, a motocross event, a freestyle motocross event in Yokohama at the Akarenga. And, you know, everyone in the events, my friends uh, and this editor for Transworld Motocross he actually um, recommended me to Red Bull Japan to shoot it. So that's how um, I basically got my foot in the door with Red Bull Japan because they were just getting established in Japan at the time. So it was a really good timing for me. And then, you know, they loved the photos and, hey, can you shoot uh, a live music event? Yeah, sure. 
Can you shoot go-karts? Yeah, whatever. Uh, DJs, sure. You know, dances, whatever. So that got me going for a long time. And that was from first time in 2008 was that event. And now it's 2021, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So like 12, 13 years of shooting with that. And when you're a Red Bull photographer, it works in Japan and globally as well. You're quite um, well-known. You get people. It's kind of a position that a lot of photographers want. And so I was able to be introduced to a lot of other brands through that. Um, people I met on, uh, on events and at places, they would, you know, they want to talk to you. So you get to know them and they introduce you to other people. So it's in Japan, um, having a recommendation from somebody is, goes a long way. Um, you could be a great photographer, but if no one knows you and no one's willing to stick their neck out for you, it can be hard to get kind of work in a, in a way. So, uh, I was really happy, um, that I've been able to get all these recommendations and now, uh, yeah, I'm a professional photographer full-time for the boat, uh, full-time only photography about five years, but yeah, professional shooting for a long, longer than that. And I shoot for everyone from Red Bull to Lululemon, Reebok, uh, New Era, Fujifilm, like a lot of different stuff. So it's, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, and it's, uh, I look at, myself in the mirror sometimes and just laugh how bald I've become and, uh, <laughs> and just the position I'm in. It's, uh, very unique. I think, um, I am, I know there's other professional photographers out there who are not from Japan. They're like international photographers, but as far as the kind of action sports photography I do, I'm the only one I know in Japan that's doing what I'm doing. So it's, it's quite fun. It's very unique. And if I could, uh, go back and tell my 15 year old self in high school to just keep at it, enjoy it. Then yeah, it's, it's quite, quite interesting. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, and we fun. love your pictures. So, um, uh, and <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, there is the bit, the stereotype of, you know, corporate culture in Japan being very sort of regimented, I suppose. And as somebody who's done both working together with uh, corporate uh, entities and also being a freelance photographer, how do you see this sort of, how have you, how have you lived the you know interacting with in these two ways I suppose yeah so like um, other than photography I worked at Ritsumeikan University total of seven years and I also worked at Sabakimoto Chain which is the factory for two or three years and uh, quite different environments you know one's the university so that's you know in any country the university is quite a uh, what like a safe environment is quite different than a corporate environment. Um, but, uh, like, you know, Japanese universities are quite old and traditional. Uh, a lot of people that work there in the higher ups are still, uh, you know, they're, they've been there for a long time. Uh, they're quite set in their way of thinking and things like that, which can be quite frustrating at first, um, for sure. Cause there's like, you know, as a young person, you're in there and you want to change things up. You want to do something new. And I found, um, when I was working at the university first, like, uh, if there was anything I wanted to do, I just had to do it. Basically, uh, it's the old adage, you know, do something and get yelled at afterwards or just don't do it. Like, you know, like you just got to try it. And if someone gets upset with you, then fine. I'm sorry. That didn't work. Um, but nine times out of 10, it went, oh, yeah, we didn't realize that that's a good idea. Or, you know, so like I had my my job description that was like this big and I was didn't want to be put into that box. So I uh, just, you know. I fought against that wall of what, um, what's the, what's a good word of establishment in the university. And, uh, you know, I basically, because of what I did, I Ritsumeikan started their YouTube channel 
Um, and I brought up the level of the photography way more than it was in the news articles that they were doing and all that kind of stuff. So when I was supposed to be just like a translator, I was making videos and doing photography and all that kind of stuff. So like any kind of like this the establishment that you have in Japan for like, um, for this kind of thing, it can be quite hard at first if you're not used to it, but if you're the kind of person that just works through it and like creates your own job title in whatever position you're at, then people get used to it. You know, you're the foreigner, you can kind of get away with a bit and uh, push the envelope a bit more, which is what I did a lot. You obviously you like to push the envelope and you've introduced um, our readers at Japan Forward to tons of new sports, Uh, Hmm. you know, uh, BMX and the B-boys and the B-girls and, uh, you know, fantastic athletes and and sports. But you're also interacting with like really famous Japanese companies that no matter how much most people want to get an entree into those companies, they Mm -hmm. can't get there. And you mentioned... um, that recommendations go a long way, but okay, that gets you the first step in the door, but then you still have to work with those people. And like with Red Bull and, um, you know, Fuji or Fujifilm or um, Canon or something, you've been going back and back and back and back. And, you know, you've had interactions over time. How do you do that? And what do you say to people who are, you know, like looking to, uh, you know, make their own impact or, or reach out to those companies. I, I think your experience goes really beyond what most people um, can really take their own um, steps doing. With, with photography, especially, you know, I have a lot of people that ask like, how do I become a Red Bull photographer or how do I become a professional photographer? The first thing you have to do is get really good at photography. Like, <laughs> no one's going to hire you just because you have a that would help, yeah. and you want to do it. Like, I have people from like India will message me or other countries and they're like, what do I do? It's like, well, what do you want to shoot? Like you have to go out and shoot. So that's what I did. I just, I shot and shot and shot and became relatively good enough that I got on the radar of some companies. And then I kept shooting and kept shooting and kept shooting and kept shooting and kept shooting. And then, you know, there's one, you know, yeah, you have to have the technical aspect. You have to know what you're shooting and that, but you also have to be someone fun to be around, you know, People will work with anyone once you'll, you'll hire someone who's a good photographer once for sure. But if that person is not fun to be around, if they're a jerk, if they're late, if they're rude, if their level of Japanese is not such a way that they can communicate properly, quickly, and concisely with everyone in the crew, then you're not, you'll get the chance. Sure. And you might do fine, but getting that second chance or third chance or being able to work with a company for 12 years, uh, it can be quite difficult. The one thing as a photographer, like say, like I'm shooting with a, a famous person or with anybody, I have to become their friend in the first five seconds of that shoot as much as I can. So like you need, there's like always this wall of like, oh, you know, I'm being photographed and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, break that down, become, be a big dork. I'm such a dork when I'm shooting and just be their friend instantly. And uh, if you can do that, then, you know, people who are working with you will see that the, the companies will see that. And you know, you have to, obviously you have to have good quality images at the end of the day. Um, but if you're not someone who people who are looking forward to working with you, then it can be quite difficult. Um, and yeah, if you're trying to break into, uh, to this thing and there's a certain type of photography you want to do, just do it on your own and become the expert at it. And then people will notice that and come to you. Great communication skills, great personality. And the bottom line is that you also have to be a good photographer, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so I want to ask you um, just, you know, once more, one more question. And that is, you know, the people that read our stories 
Um, they love the advice that you give. I think that's one reason that people keep coming back is that you are so generous with sharing your advice. You know, you'll say, well, you can take this uh, camera or this uh, flash or don't use that and, uh, you know, give it, go give it a shot. You're, you're not making them successful, but you're giving them hints. Whereas uh, somebody like me would take a look at the parts and go, okay, what do I do with this? You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, You've become a role model, I think, in a sense. And I want to know, you know, how that makes you feel and uh, also, you know, where you're going to take it uh, in your career. Um, if you're going to use that in the future, uh, you know, where you're planning to go with all of this. Sure. Like, so, you know, I think anything at a certain point, if you want to get better, you kind of do need to start teaching. Um, I do martial arts as well. And after a certain point of martial arts, you have to teach. And by teaching, you really um, have to go back in your own brain and now really look over like, okay, what actually was I doing there? And how actually do I do this? Um, so I think me personally teaching is, I see it as a way to not only help other people, but to um, improve my own photography as well. So I really like teaching. Um, as you can tell, I like talking. <laughs> um, so I, I enjoy that a lot. And, um, you know, I think like giving people hints and clues and, uh, you know, writing articles on how to do things and that it's, it's not going to affect me in any way negatively at all. All it can do is help me and help the people who read the articles or watch my YouTube or people who may come to a seminar I'm doing or anything like that. Um, you know, bringing up the bottom, you know, it sounds, I don't want to say these people are the bottom, but bringing up the level of photography in general in Japan, all that's going to do is now push me to bring my level up as well. Not only done that, but you've also opened the door to our even thinking about new sports and athletes that are doing new things that, you know, defy gravity. And uh, I mean, some of your shots are you know, they're hanging in the air and they've got to be hanging in the air for more than a split second. I mean, they're just truly, truly amazing that both the shots and the athletes and you've invited people to learn along what you do, but you've also opened our eyes to new things. And I, I just I think you're awesome. I think your your articles are terrific and your photos are just inspiring. Um, so what are you going to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, like me with COVID and with family, I just had a son last year, which uh, my age, I'm 42 this year, I think. So having a son and, you know, it's it changes a lot of priorities and things, perspective on life. But as a photographer, you know, I've, I've been doing action sports for geez, a long time now, almost 20 years now, I guess, in some way or another. I've been a snowboarder in that since I was like 15 myself. I think I've come to a certain level with action sports photography and I'm not anywhere near the, where I want to be, but um, I want to keep pushing that. But in photography in general, I really want to start working more on my portraiture. Um, I find I've been really enjoying portrait work more, uh, more studio work. Like the fun thing with what I do in, in action sports photography is it's a lot of it's outside. So there's a lot of elements that I can't control or decide, uh -huh. you know, sun, where the athlete's going, what's safe and things like that, which is nice because it, it just, that's the, it takes down the things I have to think about. You know, there's only, you can only do a certain amount of things, right? As soon as you go into a studio, you have a, an empty box and now you can do anything. And for me, that's like, uh, what do I do now? Like I, <laughs> I my brain, it doesn't enjoy that right, quite at the moment. Uh, I'm getting better. Um, but it is definitely a skill that I need to pick up on more. Um, uh, because, you know, being a good portrait photographer, uh, you can do until you can like, as long as you're 
moving. You know, if you set up a tripod, all you need is a finger and being able to stand, you can be a good portrait photographer. Uh, whereas, like I said, I'm 42 and, you know, trying to keep up with these 20, 15, 12 year old kids who are just killing it these days. It's insane. Uh, I'm doing fine at the moment, but in 10 years, 15 years, I'm not sure what's going to happen. So I don't know. You're doing great. So <laughs> I'm, I'm always enjoying it, but yeah. uh, if I can um, keep the action sports photography going while working more on my portraiture and be a bit more um, mature photography and things like that, uh, maybe some fashion editorial and that, it's something I want to work on uh, definitely more in the coming years for sure. So with talk of breakdancing in the Olympics, um, the Summer Olympics, do you think this might be an opportunity for you down the line to be shooting breakdancing at the Olympics for the first time? You know, if I had the opportunity to go with Team Japan to France in 2024 to shoot the Olympics, I would be all over that in a heartbeat. Breakdancing is such an amazing sport. The athletes are so dedicated to what they're doing and they are athletes. They're not dance, they're the dancers, but they're athletes. They have they have more athletic skill than so many other sports I see out there. And to see these guys and girls, B-boys and B-girls, finally get the recognition that they deserve and be in the Olympics. You know, it's a hot topic for people in dance and in the breaking community. Should it be in the Olympics and that? And, you know, whichever way you go, I think it's good for the community in large because now it not only brings a bigger spotlight on breaking globally, what it's going to do is bring in more, more money to the sport. Literally, like you see, I've seen what it's doing to uh, BMX this year. And the same thing is probably going to happen with breaking in the next uh, two or three years. And the athletes are going to be able to hopefully now live off of what they're doing more uh, as an athlete, as a breaker, as a dancer, and actually not just make a scraping by, but become stars. And uh, if I could be a photographer and help along with that, in any shape or form, I would be down with that 100%. Saying that the Olympics is not an easy thing to just jump into. Uh, there are some quite large hurdles with the photography in modern day Olympics. Uh, you can't just walk on site and start shooting. Uh, there's a lot of companies that have quite a big monopoly on that. Um, but who knows? Something might change in the next few years. And yeah, like I said, if I could be on that, I'd be on it like, yeah, real quick. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's help the athletes. This is a kind of, you know, special time of the era that, uh, you know, and a very tough time for the athletes, but uh, we'll move forward. And thank you very much, Jason, for your time, for speaking with us today. And uh, your picture is fascinating, exciting. What we call in Japanese, wakuwakusuru or dokidokisuru. When you, you see uh, watch your uh, photos and the videos, videos, you need to check the Japan Ford video. And this is really nice. Oh, it's not a Japan Forward, but you know, Jason's video. Please read uh, Jason's article on Japan Forward, a photographer's note. Uh, follow him on social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. His account information is available on his article. Thank you for listening to Real Issue, Real Voice, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Visit our website for more information about our podcast and uh, other news information from Japan. Catch you next time.